You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. With 2.30 to go. Here's Suggs. Turn around. This kid's a gamer. Both ends of the floor. Campbell. Nice pass. Riley. by Suggs. My gosh. Fantastic! What a pass! At the other end, Timmy gives the Sags the lead. Download the BetQL app today. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL helps uh, helps you beat the sports books. Get started today. BetQL.com. Also available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. This is a BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat with you weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on the BetQL Audio Network. In about 20 minutes, we'll check in with Mike Rutherford, get his thoughts on what we saw over the weekend and his play for this evening. So on Saturday... Uh, Baylor covers easily, covering the five, and the total just goes over the closing number of 135.5. It goes over by 1.5. That was supposed to be the closer game, and it was the blowout, and then the blowout ended up being one of the greatest uh, contests we've ever seen in college basketball history. UCLA easily covers a 14.5. They were inside that number for the entire game. And then you want to talk about flying over over 147 and a half by 35 and a half points. Uh, Horvat, just first glance after, you know, when you throw recency bias into this, and there are a lot of people betting this game tonight, a lot of people watching on Saturday who have not watched much college basketball pre-tournament, they're going to think that, well, you had UCLA Baylor, crazy scoring game. He had overtime. Look at these two offenses between the Bears and the Zags. We might see the same thing. I I think there's going to be a lot of money on the over. It wouldn't surprise me if this thing goes north of 160. We're sitting at a total of 159.5 the morning of the championship game, and the number has gone down a little bit. Gonzaga favored by 4.5. Yeah, man, this is a tough one to call, especially with the total, because you watch the Houston and the Baylor game, and you see what Baylor does defensively. They force a lot of turnovers. They force about 17 turnovers per game. But then what does what do the Zags do? They take care of the basketball. You know, even in a game where it wasn't sloppy, it was very well played, but UCLA gave them a run for their money, and they only turned the ball over 10 times in that game. So Baylor's going to look to force turnovers, look to get physical with them. But are the Zags, are they going to turn the basketball over? I mean, they're so well prepared with Suggs and with Timmy and with the rest of that lineup and with their bench. I mean, they don't really go very deep at all. They don't really, you know, that's not really what they do with Mark Few. But they take care of the basketball. So the total is hard to figure out because if Baylor's knocking down their shots out of the gate, like they were against Houston and the Zags are getting whatever they want offensively, because they've proved like, even when they're knocking down their, not knocking down their shots, they find different ways to score the basketball. So I can see this being a defensive battle two really good defenses. Cause I mean, if the Zags want to win tonight, they're going to have to bring that defensive effort that they did in the second half against UCLA 
But I could also see both teams just coming out firing. It's the national championship, man, national title game, standalone game. It's been two years since we've had one of these. Baylor has one of the best backcourts in the nation. I mean, they knock down their threes. They got guys that come off the bench and knock down their threes. I could see this being high scoring, but I could also see this being a defensive battle tonight. Now, it can be. We've seen that in title games in the past, but it surprises me that you think this could be a defensive battle just because of the level of offensive play that we've seen from both teams throughout the entire season, especially I mean, you look at how Baylor looks right now compared to right off uh, after their layoff. I mean, as recently as Friday, there were a lot of people, including uh, some of our great guests that we've had on, they're like, this is not the same team pre-layoff. This is not the same Baylor team. Now that narrative is completely out the window. Uh, yeah. Five, Of course, you have five straight tournament games. Their last four, uh, Baylor's last four wins here in the tournament, all against top 20 Ken Palms, all by double digits. Yeah, I mean, they have the, and, and you look at Baylor, they have the highest three point percentage in college basketball. Like I said, multiple guys that could knock down shots. So, again, yeah, you know, I could see this being high scoring. I always just feel like with tournament games, you know, especially, yeah, well, with, with Baylor, I mean, they didn't really have to give a whole lot of effort on Saturday night either. So, are they going to be tired? Are they going to be gassed? Like, what I liked from them, it was a blowout but you could tell they still wanted to be on the floor. And so they were going hard the entire 40 minutes, like even in the second half, you know, they were going at it. And so I just don't know what it's going to look like tonight. Like, are these guys gassed? And then especially the Zags, like coming off an emotional victory like that against UCLA, a game. Yeah, if you're talking about a team being gassed mentally and or physically, you have to talk about Gonzaga. It's nothing to do with Baylor. Well, with Gonzaga, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, now – I feel like everybody, I, I feel like, so the overreaction or the reaction, I guess, from this weekend will be, wow, Baylor is back. That COVID layoff, like those guys are mm -hmm. fully back. Because, I mean, when they came back, they just weren't the same team defensively. Now they've proven they are really tough defensively. With the Zags, people are probably saying, man, this is an undefeated team, but we don't really watch a whole lot of college basketball. I'm going to look at this conference and say, okay, they're undefeated. They have some nice wins against some top schools, but who did they really beat all year long? And they just played a close one with UCLA. I like Baylor with the points tonight. I feel like that's going to be what a lot of the casual fans are thinking is, man, Baylor dominated a really good Houston team, whereas the Zags had to go to overtime just to get past a team that was in the first four, that was the 11th seed in this tournament. That I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think there are – I think you can make the the argument for the other side too. I think there are a lot of people that are going to see 31 and 0, 29 of the 31 wins by double digits. They just had their biggest sweat of the season. They're going to come back and they're going to crush Baylor. I, I could see people coming up with their own story either way. Yeah, yeah, and I could see exactly. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, is that the way that you like if you're playing this game? Because I see the if, perfect hedging opportunity. If, I've already took the five points with Baylor because I have three right. three tickets with the Zags and. I want. I find myself with a decent hedging opportunity that now in the back of my head, I'm thinking Baylor's going to win this game outright tonight. Like, because everybody that has these tickets, like is seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. And like, man, I can so in the end, are you going to like end up with nothing or what do you, I would end up like, okay, so I took the points with Baylor. Yeah. I'd still end up losing some money. I mean, and that's why I usually want to buy play, a 200 play, play your Zags ticket. You know, just, just play it out. All you need them to do is win. It might not happen. But I feel like you're overreacting to what you saw on Saturday. Yeah, I, I am a little bit because I just feel like – but I was overreacting when BYU played them close in the first half. We were on this show, and, and I said, you know, what that proved to me is that teams can hang with this team. And the counterpoint, like which is a good yeah. one, 
while these teams are playing their best basketball games, like UCLA shot, like UCLA, that's the best game they played in years. They out rebounded them by 10 boards. You know, they, they outshot them from the three point line and they still didn't win the game. And that was the same case with BYU, but man, Baylor is the real deal. And I feel like people have been sleeping on them all season long, especially after that COVID break. And if they're shooting the ball, their way they're capable of. And what scares me is I think what I saw on Saturday night is if Timmy gets in foul trouble, if he picks up two early fouls, three fouls, and he's on the bench, I think Baylor could take advantage there. Yeah, I, I guess if you're going to sleep on the number two team in the nation, preseason number two, they're clearly the second best team right now. Let's bring in our executive producer, Eli Hershevich. He co-hosts BetQLU. Eli, say what whatever's on your mind as far as Saturday before we get to tonight. Yeah, I was so impressed with UCLA. Like Johnny Juzang, yeah. he needed no space. UCLA went nine of nine from shots between 15 and 19 feet. That is ridiculous. As as lucky as they got in the Alabama game and the Michigan game, that was just incredible shot making. Like there was a a chart that said by UCLA shooting performance, just the shots that they took because they took so many long twos. They should have lost the game by 20 plus because of the way basketball is played. Like that's from from a metric standpoint, but they hit all those shots. Cody Riley, who's not a mid range jump shooter, shot seven to 14 from the field. So yeah, I was impressed with obviously Gonzaga's resiliency and on the flip side of the ball too, with UCLA, but the shot making on both sides, especially for the Bruins, uh, considering they took so many long twos was ridiculous. I just felt like Mick Cronin. I thought that was his best coaching job. I mean, probably ever. I just, I, I thought that he was perfect in that game. I'm not going to say he outcoached Mark few, because I love that decision from few actually to not call a timeout on that Suggs three pointer to win it. But I just thought that he did a great job. Your thoughts on that, Eli? Yeah. And he got Juzang pretty much freed up from Suggs on every ball screen. I mean, they ran a, on that last uh, putback by Juzang. Uh, Hakez had a uh, screen to get him to get Suggs switched off on the perimeter. And then Juzang took Kisper to the basket. So, yeah, it was it was an incredible uh, coaching job. I'm not a McCronin fan, but yeah. throughout the tournament, I mean, as again, as as lucky as they got with those Alabama missed free throws, they played a perfect game. That's why I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the camera shot to get off of Suggs and go to Mark Few, but it was the Jay Wright shrug. Like you guys played a great what forty five minutes, and we just had an extra three seconds with the game winning three. No, I completely agree, and I feel like especially and if you're Mark Few, like it's a great moment, but you've been to the national title game and lost. That was, that was one of my favorite parts. You know, of course, you get Suggs jumping on the table and celebrating with his teammate. Teammate, but just the typical coach. I want to go nuts right now. Oh, I gotta calm down. I gotta calm down. Shake, shake his hand. Shake his hand, and then I can go wild. Yeah. And, and, and what he was saying is he that that's part of the reason he never called timeout is he wasn't sweating it. Is he he's seen it a million times. They practice that all the time. And that didn't surprise me at all. When he got the ball with 3.3 seconds left, and I saw there are no UCLA defenders to be seen, at least getting go, going after him. I don't know about you guys, but in my mind, I was like, here we go. He's going to win it. He's going to win it. He's going to win it. Did you think that, Eli, for that split second? Especially when UCLA backed off, kind of. What were they doing? The yeah, that was – it was a tough watch, but either way for him to get that shot off so cleanly. And then, I mean, that just the amount of force you need behind that shot. I felt like he needed to get some backboard on it. He knew he needed to. And it, I mean, just an, an incredible moment for a team that again, yes, it was impressive from UCLA's perspective that they were able to continue to fight back. And yes, 
Gonzaga should have won that game probably by a couple possessions, but Mm -hmm. for that, that felt like a game that Gonzaga was going to lose in the second half. Like Joe, you were saying how you didn't want to bet it live. Uh, or you were, you know, looking for that live betting opportunity. Once right. UCLA was hitting shots, I knew I was staying away because yeah. they were doing that all tournament, and Juzang needed little to no space to hit a shot. Same with Hakez. But I was also Campbell. thinking, are they really going to do this the entire game? Yeah, you thought that, but they were doing it yeah. the whole tournament. And yes, right. they what they were playing two games in three days. But at some point, confidence matters. When you're when you're on a run like that, and you could tell they were playing so confidently after winning four games before that, where they were going to do that the whole game, and they continued it to overtime when they were down by five with 50 seconds left, they they still came back and tied it. Besides the game winner, you know, and I mean the block was tremendous. But what's the moment like? What's the what are the couple moments that you're really going to always remember from this game, Eli? Because you know Drew Timmy taking that charge with four fouls that takes some stones to plant your feet in that situation. Because if he fouls out, man, there's still what two minutes to go in that game with it tied at 81. And he takes that charge. I just thought I probably just give up that bucket right there in that situation playing with four fouls. But I just thought that was obviously a huge play for you. What were uh, some of the biggest takeaways or some of the plays that maybe you'll remember that maybe you get slept on? Cause we're all going to remember the three pointer, obviously in the block, but what else, uh, you know, will you uh, remember from this one? Yeah. I wish Juzane just pulled up instead of yeah. trying to take the ball to the basket. Cause He's such a good jump shooter and he was hitting that shot all tournament long where it seemed like if he had pulled up, I mean, who knows, but it, it, I, I, thought, I thought, thought he made the right decision. In. I thought he made the right decision. There. He was trying to draw a contact, but at the yeah, same yeah, time, I'll you got to know that a defender is going to try to take a charge there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I was, I was just hoping he was going to pull up because I was, I was rooting for UCLA at that point. Oh, oh, I was thinking, I was thinking about overtime. Got it. I, 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 th- I thought you were saying that he should have pulled up there. Okay. Oh no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I was, yeah, 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 I was saying in regulation. Gotcha. Um, are we'll have another full segment where we're breaking down all the different ways uh, to bet this game tonight. But are you going to be going after player props on Friday? We were joking about having five, six different bets going into this game because there are options to do that, uh, unlike the rest of the year. Yeah, I'll have a couple player props. Probably I wow. went one on one on props on Saturday. I had. The Sasser prop, which cashed really quickly. I was surprised about that, how quickly that one hit. But then Giroux played probably his worst game of the tournament and only had three boards. So he went under the five and a half. I'll probably have a couple props, yeah. So I, I kept thinking uh, throughout the tournament, I bring it up on the show. I'm like, man, they're going to give the award to Timmy. Player of the tournament, they're going to give it to Timmy. They're going to give it to Timmy. But after what we saw on Saturday, as long so- as Gonzaga wins, don't they have to give it to Suggs because he had those moments? Yeah, and th- that's even money, by the way, Suggs. Most valuable player is uh is plus one hundred. So you agree with that? That as long as he's one of the top two or three scores and Gonzaga wins tonight, it's going to Suggs. Yeah, I I, okay. I think so. Okay, what do you think, Corvat? I mean, plus money. I'm glad Eli just brought that up. I'm going to play that right now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he doesn't Suggs. Yeah, I'll be on Suggs. How many okay. bets can you have on this game both ways? Or I mean, it's ridiculous. Like in the end, you're going to end up with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be national champions. I'm going to need one of the guys to be Final Four MVP, right? It's Ostrowski and Horvat. This is BetQL Daily. Next, Mike Rutherford will get his place for tonight on the BetQL Audio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now. Drives, leans in, the runner comes up short, choosing the rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 90. Three seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way. Pull up three for the win. Yes! 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 Of the championship game! He knows from 40 at the buzzer! Yes! The Bulldogs! Wow! Play for a national championship! It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Adam Morrison out there telling everyone, uh, bite me, by the way. Stop talking about me crying. Joe Strzowski, Ryan Horvat. This is BetQL Daily. Eli Hershkovich here as well. Sports bettors, are you ready? Ready? Download the PointsBet app now and use our promo code BetQL Daily to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. And don't forget to sign up with code BetQL Daily to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So... Are you ready? Eli Hershkovich is ready. It is Championship Monday, one of those moments for him. He's probably just thrilled counting down the hours, but then also a little sad because no more college basketball for quite some time after tonight. Eli Hershkovich, how you feeling? How was your Easter Sunday? It was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very, very celebratory. Yes. A lot of chocolate, a lot of chocolate eggs for sure. Bunnies. Know. Yeah. All the bunnies. All the bunnies. All the bunnies. Well, we see some bunnies tonight from these offenses. How'd you like that? Ooh, I like the transition there. I, I think so. Both teams want to get to the rim. I think Baylor has the advantage in that department, though. If if Mitchell's able to attack the basket, I know I know Suggs is a pretty good on-ball defender, so is Ayayi, but Mitchell is so quick off the dribble. And Suggs is too, but I think these Baylor defensive guards are just better. You know, right, to Ryan's point earlier in the show, I do think if I was to bet the total, I would lean towards the under, even though both offenses are so explosive. I do think it's a little bit of recency bias playing into this total because you have Gonzaga putting up 90 plus in overtime and maybe you get some tired legs a little bit. I'm not saying that's going to obstruct any sort of way Gonzaga wins this game, but in terms of the total, it could maybe, maybe Gonzaga starts off a little bit slower. Maybe their legs show a little bit in the first 20 minutes and then Baylor's defense dominated against Houston and they were able to score in tradition as a result. I think this game is played a little bit more in the half court, which definitely predicates to what Baylor wants to do. And Eli, we keep talking about Baylor, like including myself, their three point shooting, but if you're going to create a mismatch for Gonzaga, I feel like the only way I don't think you could beat Gonzaga, but the only way to exploit them is at the rim and to put Timmy in pick and roll situations. Do you think, you know, Baylor's able or capable of doing that tonight because I think that they could get some easy buckets that way. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I They don't really have, like, the bat to the basket big, but Tama Tachua has pretty good hands. Flo Thamba's less of a, a rim runner and a good finisher at the basket, and Vital just doesn't have a lot of size, but he is pretty physical. I think this kind of sets up to more of a, a Matthew Meyer kind of game if you're looking for player props. Yeah. I don't know if he goes over nine and a half, but I think if you're looking for one of Baylor's bigs to have a good game, He's more of a stretch four, but I think it's Meyer just because of Baylor's ability to run him in the pick and pop and Meyer could space the floor and also attack you up to off the, the dribble and get to the rim. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Timmy is not a good ISO defender, especially when you get him in pick and roll sets. Mitchell, Mitchell is one of the best uh, ball penetrators in college basketball. And then he's a great defensive guard too, on top of that. But if he can get to the rim, 
and set something up for Tom Atachua or set something up for Mark Patel in the pick and roll. It, it sets up well for Baylor if they can keep this game more in the half court. They're not gonna they're not gonna necessarily look to stop running the or, or pushing the tempo because Gonzaga wants to do the same thing. That's the way Baylor's offense is also revolved around its ability to push the floor. But they they're probably better off playing a little slower today, just because even though we saw UCLA hit all those shots in the half court, Gonzaga was able to push the floor right back. So if you could set up your defense and Baylor has a much better defense than UCLA in the half court, it's a better recipe for Baylor. If they have a shot at winning winning this game. It's Fred QL daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, our guy, Eli Hershkovich with us previewing the game tonight between Baylor and Gonzaga. How disappointed are you? that we're not getting the six that we expected when we were talking about this potential matchup late in the week, like, okay, if it's the game we all want, we should get five and a half, six points. But now because of the results on Saturday in both of those contests, uh, looks like we're stuck with four and a half. Yeah. And it, there was a little bit of juice earlier in the morning on Baylor. I thought this thing might get to five. It still might. We still get some, uh, might get mm-hmm. some public money coming in on Gonzaga later today where it gets bumped up to five. That's kind of, uh, I, well, know, I wonder, I wonder what the public's going to do, Eli. We talked about it before. I'm, I'm a little split. I could see the public, uh, having split action here. Yeah. I mean, it might. I, we might, I, I would assume though, at, at the majority of sports books, that the late money coming in is going to be on Gonzaga yeah. or at least the majority of it. Maybe it is 60 40 you know, not necessarily a 70, 30, 65, 35, 75, 25 split. But I do think the majority of late money coming in on this game is going to be at Gonzaga because of what we saw late Saturday night, even though they didn't cover the spread, which was such a big number that they still won the game outright. And this is still an undefeated team. And what are public betters, you know, what side are public uh, betters going to flock to which side it's going to be the more dominant team. It's going to be the quote unquote, better team, better public team even though they didn't cover their last game against the spread. I, I'm okay with getting a four and a half uh, towards Baylor. I think this is the side I'm going to be on. I I was flexing back and forth, whether I wanted to take a player prop yesterday or, or bet Baylor, or maybe take the most valuable player in the tournament. Flexing. But flexing? I was going back and forth, flexing back and forth. Flex cool. is like back and forth. I'm just imagining you, you know, the mirror at the house. Not really. That's a little disturbing. <laughs> a little weird. But flex- still, that's what I think of when I hear flexing. Still a verb you could you could use in other senses. I know you've been hitting the gym with Brody at the at the score oh, yeah. in the downtown Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Talk- yeah, everybody knows who Mark Brody is. But <laughs> I I uh I I I lean towards Baylor. I would love a five and I'll probably end up taking four and a half, but I'm gonna wait to see if this thing gets back up to five before I pull the trigger. You know, I'm with you on uh, the Maddie Meyer prop. I think that's my favorite. It's, it, I, I can't really find I mean, if you could get over nine and a half points, I just think that that's a good matchup for him. And I feel like we're all going to play the Suggs props and the Timmy props, and he's going to have like the classic Grayson Allen or Dante DiVincenzo game. Uh, do you see any value when you're looking at player props? Because I don't play a whole lot uh, as far as the tournament goes on some of these unders if you think this game's going to go under. Because I was looking at Jalen Suggs, and it's a little bit juiced right now, but under five and a half assists, he's went over the number in all the tournament games. But only 10 of 29 games this season, he went over five and a half assists. They have multiple guys that could handle the ball, obviously. Do you see any value maybe playing some unders as far as the player props tonight, if you like the under in the game? Yeah, I'm I'm looking more towards some regression from a regression standpoint for some of these guys in a positive sense. Yeah. So not necessarily 
Like, I do like the Matthew Meyer prop. I, I do like Macy Oteague, even though his number is is kind of inflated. That's something I'm looking towards. Maybe the maybe the juice gets a little reduced before tip. The points, rebounds, assist total for Teague is, is 20 and a half. I think he's, if Baylor hangs around in this game and potentially has a shot to win it, I think Teague is a pretty good game. So I'm looking at Teague and, and from some perspective, his over threes is two and a half or his total threes is two and a half. Uh, with it being plus money on the over, I think it's like plus we yeah, have plus 125 at most books or plus money at most books. So Teague only hit one three. We saw Mitchell and Butler both have pretty good games and pretty good games from behind the arc. And Teague just didn't shoot well, but he's one of the best shooters on this team. Baylor, the best three point shooting team by percentage in college basketball. And if they're able to attack the rim early, if Mitchell is able to get going in the pick and roll, because again, that's Baylor's best guard in terms of attacking the basket, then it could set up for Butler and, and uh, Matthew Meyer, uh, even though he could also take you off the bounce and especially Maceo Teague to have a pretty good game from deep. So Teague is a guy that I'm targeting. I, I don't know what, whether I'm going to take, whether it's point re, points, rebounds or, and assists or the point total prop, which is still like 15 and a half, which seems a little bit high. I was looking for like 13 and a half, 14 and a half or over threes, which probably is the most value from a, a betting perspective, but I'm targeting Maceo Teague in some sense tonight. What about team totals? Gonzaga is 81 and a half and Baylor 77 and a half. Again, that kind of, that kind of, if you're looking to take one of those, if you're looking towards the over Joe yeah. or the under, I mean, no, just either to, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I would. I would lean towards Gonzaga on the under. I think that's a. If you don't have an opinion, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. It's not a bet. I I would lean towards Gonzaga on the under if I was going to bet that game or bet bet that uh bet bet that prop one way or the other, just because of how good Baylor's defense can be in the half court and the way I think this game sets up, especially Drew Drew Timmy. I know he was really effective against UCLA and Cody Riley had a couple big defensive possessions in the latter part of that game, but. Baylor has better defensive bigs with Flo Thamba and Tom Atachua. And I think that's going a little underlooked as, as good as this Baylor defense is overall. And yes, on the other side of the ball, Baylor doesn't have a great back to the basket big, whether it's Tom Atachua or, or Thamba or Mark Patel, again, who is a little undersized in this matchup. Uh, defensively, they can cause some problems for Timmy as, as well as he could play down low. Uh, great post moves, really finesse big, but these Baylor bigs can cause some disruption uh, down low. So I think if you're looking for one angle uh, in the team total, it's not a bet for me, but I would lean towards Gonzaga going under the team total at 81 and a half. Do you agree with what Rutherford told us earlier about Kispert over 16 and a half points? Kind of. He His shot selection wasn't great on Saturday, and you would have kind of to the same tune as uh, as Macy progression. Teague. Yeah, yeah, positive regression. I, I I think he's, you know, if he's able to get some more open looks, if Gonzaga is able to run in transition, Kispert pr- probably hits the uh, the over 16 and a half. But again, the way I see the game going, like I was wrong about the Houston game flow for sure, because they turn the ball over a lot. See, that's the, the, that's the other angle in this game is Gonzaga doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but Baylor forces turnovers. So if Baylor can play more in the half court, extend their ball pressure, Gonzaga could... I have a couple takeaways in this game that could present a deciding factor in the, in the final score. If if Baylor's ball pressure ends up being a, uh, a, a factor in this one with Butler and Mitchell Mitchell against Suggs is going to be a huge matchup 
to watch for just because of how good Mitchell is on and off the ball. And you would think Scott Drew is going to start him on Jalen Suggs. And Suggs is so quick off the dribble, but Mitchell's foot speed is so good where he could definitely stick with Suggs in the half court. Transition's a different ball game, but again, this if, if Baylor's able to cover the spread and win this game, win this game, it comes down to uh, Baylor being able to keep this game more so in the half court, and that's also uh, a big reason why I like that Mitchell-Suggs matchup in the half court. All right, we'll get your best bet or bets later on during lightning bets as we wrap the show, but uh, over under number of bets, including live ones that you'll have tonight. Will See, it be more than Horvat? It, I don't think so. I, I mean, he already has more pregame bets than I'll have on this it's game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, what's I, the point of getting a future if you're just looking to hedge everything? Right. I, but I respect it. I, he wants to make some sort of profit, which I get. Uh, and I respect his uh, Baylor respect because uh, they're going to be in this game. So. I'm with him on nice. the Baylor side. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you, Eli. Good stuff there. All right. Coming up next, we'll continue the college hoops conversation. Duck, Doug Gottlieb from FS1 and Westwood One will drop by next to preview tonight. Tell us about his bets.